Hi and welcome to another episode of Millennialism with me, Adam Gavin. Every week I sit down to chat and interview a guest about a topic that interests me at the moment. I've had entrepreneurs, award-winning authors, esteemed academics, pioneering filmmakers, TED speakers, philosophers, and friends come on the show to discuss everything from social media to health, business to culture, self-development to global travel. I am trying to collect an ever-growing list of fascinating subjects for everyone to explore to maybe make a bit more sense of this world. And as always, I try to have great conversations sprinkled with some actionable insights on how to get the most out of your life. I post new episodes every Friday, so make sure to subscribe so you never miss one. Today I'm joined by the lovely Adrian Bain, a professional storyteller, public speaker, writer, and world traveler. She's been featured in the New York Times and BuzzFeed listed her podcast, Strangers Abroad, as one of the best travel podcasts of 2017. And it still is, by the way. Strangers Abroad started out as a series of conversations that Adrian had with the wonderful people she met while backpacking throughout Latin America for five months. And in her new season, she delves deeper to explore topics such as loneliness, anxiety, and identity, together with strangers from different countries, of course. In this episode, Adrian shares her experiences as a solo traveler and how she lived abroad for seven months and never paid for a bed, on top of making very rich connections with locals. We also get into some unexpected conversations about the creative process, the complexity of strangers, and also finding yourself and your identity in loneliness. I highly recommend everyone to check out Adrian's podcast because it's so much more well-produced than mine, and I know how much time I put into mine, so I can only imagine how much time she put into hers. When I called her, she had been up editing for about 10 hours, so it's, yeah, go support her. It's, it's a love hard work so uh, definitely check that out again don't forget to subscribe to millennialism but for now enjoy this episode with adrian bain welcome to the show adrian it's good to have you here thank you i'm so excited to be here so can you just start by telling me a bit about yourself because i don't know that much to be honest except that you're a very cool person that's thank you um, yeah, we can just leave it at she's a cool person. And <laughs> everything. Um, so I am a storyteller. I of many mediums. I write, I podcast, and I do live storytelling. So most of my content focuses around travel because that's really where I started. I started with my travel podcast, Strangers Abroad. But um, but since then, I've gotten much more into the written word and kind of taking my stories and turning them into blog posts or taking them to the stage, which I do when I was allowed to, you know, go out and see humans. Um, I would be on stage in New York at least once a week um, doing a real show. And actually last night, my partner, my, um, my partner and I, who's also a storyteller and is currently quarantined with me in the Hudson Valley, um, we did a digital show. So we're still doing... We're still doing storytelling, but just, mm-hmm. you know, from the comfort of our couch. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound too bad. So how would you describe, like, what you do for a living? Well, actually, to be totally honest, I haven't made money in the past year because I chose to take a year of creative freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I was a tutor while living in New York, and I squirreled away a a ton of money yeah and one day I you know I was very fed up with with my work and I just knew that I needed to quit I was a year away from being 30 and I was like well if I don't pursue my dreams 
as fiercely as I can now, then they're never going to happen. No one's ever going to hand me the life that I want. So I'm going to take the leap. And so for the last, so I gave myself a year of creative freedom to improve my storytelling, to be able to be on stage more and to produce my podcast, which is now out. And the year was up about two weeks ago. Cause I gave it, mm-hmm. I gave myself until my birthday and that same week is when we got quarantined. So I'm like, oh, okay, money is tight right now. Yeah. Um, but the thing, I did get hired to be a speechwriter right before, um, like back in January. So I've been doing speechwriting as well, which is really, really fun. But I will literally give me a story and just tell me what medium you want it to be in and I'm your gal. That's incredible. So what what led you to kind of take that gap year? Was it just that you felt that if, if it's if not now it's never gonna happen or exactly I okay. was like I don't I would rather try my hardest now and crash and burn than wait until I'm in my 50s and be like man I wish I did this because yeah. it's like I feel like I'm the you know stock market if I crash now I can bounce back so mm-hmm. so yeah I just was like I'm young I need to do this now and I was you know, I was extremely lucky that I was able to save so much money um, to help me live for like a year. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, everything you put out, I, I haven't had a chance to look through everything, obviously, but I've had it, you know, I checked out a decent amount and it looks like you're doing some really cool and great things. So it's, it's really, it's really nice that you took that year, the gap year, and it's something more people should do, yeah. I think. I think so too, because I, yeah. I, Honestly, I source a lot of my motivation from my mother, who is just the most incredible artist. You know, we would go to a diner and she would just doodle on a napkin and she would go to throw it out. And you would look at it and it's like, that's the Mona Lisa. You know, like my mom is so talented. Yeah. But she grew up at a time when, you know, like women could have careers, but you didn't really pursue it in this like entrepreneurial way and she had children really early and I I know that she didn't regret having us whatsoever like I've never seen so much unconditional love come from a human before Mm -hmm. but I know that my mom aches to be behind the pottery wheel every single day and I'm like I can't I got I'm the only sister I'm the only daughter of hers I have two younger sisters um that you know got the real creative Gene. Both mm-hmm. of my sisters are really talented. They just don't have that like passion behind it. And so I'm like, I have to do this for my mom. Like I have to, I, I can't be like my mom and wishing that I was doing this. I need to do it. And if I'm going to do it, I have to do it now. Absolutely. And to, to yourself as well. I mean, you don't want to end up regretting it when you're older. So exactly. yeah. yeah. So what, what's your, uh, what's your kind of plan or, or dream vision with the, uh, you know, the, the next couple of years ahead, do you want to continue doing what you're doing now uh, and try to like turn it into a job or like, what's, what are you thinking about that? Oh my God. That's like the hardest question. I mean, like, <laughs> it's really interesting because I created the podcast merely because I just had this thing inside of me that needed to come out. Like I remember working another like nine to five job right when I got the itch to work on my podcast and was like listening to other podcasts made me nauseous. Cause I was like, I need to be, I need to be working on it. Um, so I would love to, but honestly, I would love to just be able to get more general jobs in 
audio engineering, in soundscaping, in script editing. Like I think the creation of podcasts, especially narrative podcasts, like the one that I create is really, really fun and engaging and it's really playful, but it can also be extremely powerful. Yeah. And um, so I really love that medium. Yeah. But then Absolutely. I also love doing live storytelling and, you know, I was planning on working on a one woman show while in the springtime. Um, but, you know, Corona's really put the whole world on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's a that's a dream that I'll start working on the moment I'm allowed to hug other people. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh so yeah, so just kind of trying to figure out how can I turn this into, you know, like how can I be hired for the skills that I've taken a year to really cultivate? And it's kind yeah. of amazing because I found that I am able to write in a way and able to write with an efficiency that I would not have been able to do last year. And that's because I sat down every single morning and did it. Yeah. Well, it was, it was kind of similar, like when I started the podcast, I knew that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't an audio engineer, I wasn't uh, a, an expert in like how to interview someone, but I knew that I had to get all the shit out in order to make good stuff later. I'm not saying that your early stuff was shitty, but yeah. obviously it gets better with time and with, with failure oh, and absolutely. practice. Well, because yeah. you're constantly in this world, you're constantly cultivating your voice. And yeah. it actually, you know, we talk to ourselves all day long, but cultivating your your voice for other people to hear is actually very, is very hard. But um, uh, what's his name? Ira Glass has a really good quote where he's like, it's okay if you don't make great quality content in the beginning because you're developing taste mm -hmm. and you are slowly starting to figure out what tastes best for you. And then you'll be able to make like a gourmet meal in an afternoon, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it takes a long time, but I, it's so... I don't regret a second of it. Yeah. So, sometimes I think about, uh, or I've thought about this before, that now with the, like the world that we've created, now we feel kind of this, at least I do sometimes feel this pressure to kind of put everything out. Uh, and I mean, I started putting out this podcast from, from episode one. I think I recorded one first and then I had to redo it with a friend. Um, but, but like we share everything so every, everyone can like track our progress. Whereas before right. the internet and everything, you, if you were writing, you just wrote and no one saw it until, you know, you got published and it was really good. So that's so I'm, true. Yeah. I'm sure we would have read a lot of shitty blog posts from like, um, I don't know, Shakespeare. If, uh, right. If uh, the internet was around when he, he lived. That's actually a really funny idea. And I don't know if you watch this TV show Broad City, but it's one of my absolute favorites. It's when you go back to New York, it's a New York based. Mm hmm show and it's two comet uh comedy girls and they are so funny but they're i saw i watched some of their early stuff on youtube and it was honestly so bad yeah and i personally find broad city to be one of the most well-written hilarious honest shows of the 2010s mm -hmm. but their first stuff wasn't good yeah and yeah. i love that i love seeing my heroes stumble yeah, because then that allows me to keep trudging along when i stumble as well and like yeah. if i want to get to where they're going i have to you know you've got to get 
you've got to go through that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been very devoted to photography for the last couple of years. And I love like going into a famous photographer or someone I admire um, just on their like social media. And I just scroll down like two years and I see how horrible yeah. their early stuff was. It's, it's really yeah. motivating in a strange way. Um, but all right. So you and I met at this like traveling event in New York yeah. City um, from if you're in the travel community, you probably know who Nomadic Matt is. Uh, I don't know if he was the one hosting. It felt like you were the one hosting. You were definitely the one in charge of that event anyway. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so um, and it's kind of the first I mean, you were there talking, telling us about all your uh, some of your travel stories and, and kind of uh, living abroad, being a nomad, uh, as they say. Um, so I just wanted to ask, like, how did you get into traveling and like what's yeah what's what's been your like travel experience oh wow um do you have four more hours <laughs> uh so i started like most american teens do i started traveling because i did a study abroad program and i studied abroad in prague i really just wanted to get out of the country i didn't care where but i also didn't like want it to be basic i was like london is boring i'd never been there london France, all the places that everybody else went to. I was like, I'm not into this. I want to do something different. I don't know if you do Enneagrams, but my Enneagram is a four, which is like the artist. And it's like, as long as I'm different, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want to do something different, but I also wanted to feel kind of safe given that it was the first time I was going abroad. So I wanted to go somewhere in Europe. So I chose the Czech Republic, didn't even know where it was on a map. And that experience was just so I feel as though like I was split in two like I just my brain I think no this is how I want to say it I feel as though like my brain split open I was just so like I just my my conscious my I just grew so much out of that experience because I was walking through this city that had coexisted with mine. And I didn't even know that it was, it existed. It kind of allowed me to see like, there are literally billions of people living their life alongside with yours and you may never know about it. And so it would just like, it was a very humanist experience. It definitely pushed me to see past my own nose. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I mean, like, it's a cliche, but I got the travel bug and I was like, I have to keep going. So I came back to America, I finished university, and then I did a big backpacking trip throughout Europe. I did, I was gone for eight months. Mm -hmm. And that was just, I think that was probably the most wild. That was the most wild time in my life. And I've been really be, been able to reflect on it more now that I, given that I was working on this podcast, because I really had to sit in these memories. And like, mm -hmm. I couch surfed the entire time. I never once paid for a bed. I hitchhiked everywhere. Like I did all of this shit that I volunteered in different places, you know, lived in like just wild places. And yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I think the older that I get, the more like haloed those memories become. And how now that I'm older, I'm like, 
I love a good comfy bed. You know, I don't want to sleep on someone's couch anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now what I do is like, I do a lot of location independent, independent work. So I really like sitting in a culture for a long time. So I was really fortunate to be able to live in Prague last September for a month. And then I did Mexico. I did it for like a month and a half. And then I did Mexico city this year for a month. And I really like having my own bed. I have, I like having my own space to be able to work and to just get reacquainted with the place that I'm with the place that I'm staying in. So I don't, I don't like the endless like bouncing around. It's like, I want to nest just in a different spot. So that's kind of how it's evolved. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I, I've, I've done like a backpacking trip for a couple of months in, in like Southeast Asia and Australia and New Zealand. And I feel after that trip, like I was like, all right, good. I got that experience. But I, I, I'm a bigger believer. I, I know I would enjoy more doing the same thing as you did. Just like rent an apartment somewhere cool for a month and just kind of dig deeper into that culture. Because when you're backpacking, like you're moving around so much that it's impossible to kind of soak up everything. And you're so in the like uh travel community bubble that it's hard to like actually meet locals so that's my experience anyway that's true but the one thing the the hack that i did to make sure that i didn't have that experience because i didn't want to just like hang out with a bunch of australians in a hostel no Mm. offense but they are everywhere and um, and so what i did was i did a lot of volunteer placements and i would live with locals Cause that's the most, I mean, my podcast is, yeah, my, it's, it's all about talking to strangers, but really talking to the locals that are there and having them share why, where they live is so important and so special and unique. And, you know, like what are all the nuances? Like you can only get that through a local's eyes. So I couch surfed and volunteered so I could sit in one place for a long time. So I'd always volunteer someplace for at least a month and it's a really, it's, it was so perfect, honestly, because I was able to sit and breathe and unpack my bags and like have my shampoo bottle in the same spot for a month. And then, and then it would kind of rejuvenate me to keep, to maybe do a little like two weeks backpacking around somewhere else. And then I would go to the next volunteer spot and that was honestly perfect. So I was able to rest, but also be with locals and really sit in the culture that I was experiencing. I honestly, I think with my Europe tour, I never, I never stayed at a hostel. I exclusively couch surfed. And that was, I went to more house parties, which I was like, yes, like that, <laughs> that house party is my, is my prime, prime party situation. Um, right. Whereas in Latin America, because I was, I did a big backpacking trip through Latin America for about five months. And that I did couch surf, but I was more okay. I was going to more remote, remote places where couch surfing wasn't really feasible. So I was okay mm-hmm. just to like staying in a hostel. But yeah, for what the most your... part, I really don't like staying yeah. in hostels. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. What was your experience with the with um, um, couch surfing? Like I, I tried it uh, in Spain last summer, but the only I only succeeded like twice. I lived a couple of days with um this like mexican girl and this french girl they had like an apartment and they had a spare bedroom 
um and that was super nice but then i also had the only other person i could i could find was this like 40 year old nudist and he required <laughs> he required everyone everyone to be nude in his apartment kind of oh. in a way like yeah so i mean it would have been an experience and a story to tell for sure but yeah um i was like you know maybe a drink first <laughs> right yeah right, but right. i don't know what was what was your experience it sounds oh like you, you it was pretty easy for you Okay, it was extremely easy for me, but I am going to say that I'm a white woman who yeah. speaks English. So, like, I am the most innocuous, non-threatening being on the planet. So I think that most people were like, oh, my God, let me take care of you. Then, you know, but um, then anything. But also, like, I know that women, it's so much easier for women to get housing via couch surfing because there is this gender assumption that men are gross Mm -hmm. or they're going to steal something and that men are just like more of a threat, which is not true. Um, and you know, like women can be equally as disgusting and rude and terrifying. So I understand that I have a, I had a huge, 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 huge privilege because of that. Um, however, I will say that I was a solo female, mainly staying with single dudes and with the exception of one, none of them tried anything. None of them uh, expected more than mm-hmm. just to hang out and show me around their spot. I did consensually hook up with some of them as well, but that was very much, yeah, it was consensual. So yeah. I don't find any issue with that. And yeah, there's always one, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, the track record, but I really do think that the world is so much more protective than predatory. And because if someone is going to fuck with you, mm-hmm. I hope I can swear. If someone's going <laughs> to no, fuck can, with you, you, that jeopardizes their sense of safety as well. And we don't want to do that. Like we like being safe. We like being comfortable. We like knowing that we're going to go to bed in one piece in a comfortable bed. Like we don't want to, someone has to be in such a dire strait to want to bother you or risk your sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, like you're not, you, a lot of it is luck and being in the right place at the right time. So I truly, but the people who do cause damage, there's very few, few of them but they cause a lot of damage yeah whereas the vast 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 majority of humans want to do you no harm absolutely yeah and and they, i mean it's it's, more likely it's, great, to it's great to hear that you had such like a pleasant experience doing that for for such a long time as well because i feel like usually you hear the, the bad stories um about couch totally. surfing and those kind of apps so it's, well, like, it's great well, also, humans have a negativity bias. I have a psych degree, so, like, I love understanding the psychology of why we're so goddamn weird. Um, <laughs> humans have a negativity bias, so I could tell you 50 stories of strangers just being unbelievably kind to me, but the one story I tell you about someone fucking with me, you're going to remember that one a lot longer. Yeah. Because, and I get it. It's a survival mechanism because storytelling is a way to deliver information, important information in an emotionally captivating way. And we remember the things that help us survive. So 
you're going to remember that one bad story versus all of the good ones because it pertains to your survival. Mm -hmm. However, given that we can sequence our own genome at this point, I feel like we can start to condition ourselves out of these stories. But unfortunately, a lot of negativity is what, you know, makes the news. So we have that as well. Absolutely. Um, so the event we met at, it was like the theme for the event was like female solo traveling and you oh, mentioned yeah. it as well. Um, and it sounds, sounds like you had a very nice experience. Uh, can you just like tell me a bit about what it was like, like traveling, not only like solo female, but tra- traveling solo overall? Because I mean, oh it's not it's not for everyone. Absolutely. I actually just released a podcast episode today called Alone. Oh. And it's it explores the emotional states of being alone while traveling and how it can be very lonely or you can find a lot of power through solitude and understanding who you are and I love traveling alone I love it is my absolute most favorite thing because because I just you I don't even know how to describe it I just don't freaking podcast about this um I love traveling alone because I get to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And as a woman, historically, that has not been granted to us at all. So I'm extremely grateful to be in the first generation of women that is able to exercise this agency. And because I was able to decide what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I have this like, and do it and only relying on myself. And knowing what my full capabilities are, mm-hmm. you know, taking long bus rides, booking, you know, couch surfing rooms or volunteer sites or an Airbnb, um, figuring out like what to do. And then also figuring out like, how can I communicate with people so I can still feel engaged with the community? So all of that, because forced me, because I was alone, I was forced to do everything and you create this unshakable confidence as to who you are because also with that alone time gives you the space to really see who you are and you don't have someone else in your ear the whole time you only have your own voices Mm -hmm. and sometimes those voices aren't nice and you learn how to talk to them differently and you learn how to control them Or, yeah, you learn how to control them a little bit differently. And now I kind of find that loneliness was the thing that galvanized a lot of my travels in the beginning. But ironically, what cured it was me being alone and Mm. me traveling alone because I had to sit with it. And once you kind of master your own emotions, you master yourself. Yes. One of the things you said that kind of struck me was that when when you were traveling by yourself, you were you kind of learned what was fundamentally you and and what maybe other parts of your personality you add on when you're in the real world or whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure how to phrase that, but I think you know what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think we're most ourselves when we're by ourselves or with our friends and family? Oh, that's such a great question. I mean. Oh, I mean, dude, we just need to take a whole psychology (laughs) personality course on this. Um, Personality is wildly 
flexible and the way that you think that you are is very different than the way that other people think that you are. So I guess it just depends. The only thing that you can really count on is how you feel in the moment. And I think that when you give yourself the time and space to really understand, to be able to recognize when you are your most comfortable and when you feel you're at your best, and then use that as a litmus test to see when you're around other people. Because I am a chameleon, mm. but and I am very different based on just, you know, across three different friends. I'm going to be a, a slightly different person because they evoke very different things out of me. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like I when you're talking to strangers, you're also showing a very different side of yourself, even if you really enjoy who that is. So I think that as long as you understand, like, this is me in my best, where do I find that? And sometimes that could be alone. Sometimes it could be with certain groups of people. And sometimes it's not with certain groups of people. I think we all know what it feels like when it's like, Ooh, we are not clicking, you yeah. know? So that's a really interesting question. But I mean, like human psychology, you never, um, when someone describes who they are, you don't take that just as their personality. It's a combination of a person's explanation of themselves, a close family member or partner or friend's description of that person, and then an omniscient perspective, like, you know, watching them through a, what's the term through like a camera, you know, like yeah. a hidden camera. Different lens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and even then you don't, you won't see the full picture. So absolutely. humans are so yeah, complex. Yeah, absolutely. I think one kind of scary thing that I uh, thought about or realized when I was traveling solo is that like you have this idea about who you are and totally. how, how you behave and kind of what, uh, you know who you are in a group of people of strangers that you've never met before and then you're kind of faced with those kind of situations and you realize like holy shit i'm not at all the person i think i am yep. totally. Uh, yeah totally it's but when you scary. do find that person when you do start to train yourself to be the person you want to be that is a really rich moment mm -hmm. because you're like I'm on the way to being the person that I am I always knew that I could be and that takes practice just like anything else your personality takes practice exactly I think that's that's one of the my favorite things about traveling solo is that just as uh Matt wrote in his book that like you get to try out different things and if, if with yourself and who you want to be and if you fail you know the next day you'll you'll meet another group of people and you can just try something else yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so any, do you have any advice for solo travelers? What regard? Um, I don't know, maybe since we're talking about it, maybe female solo travelers in uh, specifically. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you can do it and you should do it. And it may seem scary, but once, I mean, like I went to Southeast Asia for the first time last year and I, had traveled to 30 plus countries on my own. I had done large backpacking trips solo and I was goddamn horrified. I was this mm -hmm. 29 year old lady who had traveled so much and I was so scared. So knowing that that feeling is never going to go away 
it's never going to go away. But knowing how to sit with it and push through it because the other side is so unbelievably beautiful and joyful and wild that it's worth pushing through that fear. So just do it. <laughs> I know that's like a really easy, find the means to do it because I think that traveling solo, again, like I said before, it gives you this unshakable understanding of who you are. And at this point, I could get fired. I could be broken up with my boyfriend and it's not going to shake my identity. It's not mm -hmm. going to make me feel like I've, like I don't know where I'm going in life. And so first of all, just do it. And also be very, on a practical sense, be very smart about it. Please research the bejesus out of every cultural nuance in the country that you're going to. And always try to learn some of the language because it lights up people's faces when you're able to speak to them in their language. Like I spend a good amount of time in Mexico during the wintertime because I hate New York winters. And yes. If I'm going to be able to be a travel writer, I should at least spend my summer, my winters in warm places. So I love, I love traveling to Mexico and they look at me and they're like gringa, you know, I'm this blonde haired, yeah. blue eyed lady. And, but when I rock up to them and start speaking Spanish, they're like, whoa. And not only that, I learned the slang. I learned the little new, like Cheeto is cool in, mm -hmm. in like Mexican slang, but in Peru it's Jevre and it's like just knowing those little things make people feel really seen. I will say I found Asia to be incredibly frustrating because I couldn't speak the languages and yeah. learning how to say hello in Thai took me about three weeks and I still pictured <laughs> it. And but just the fact that I was trying, I think, was the important part. So understand that, like, really try to research that culture so you're not offending anybody because you are a guest. You and you want to bring a bottle of wine and be as nice as possible because you're in someone else's home. So definitely research all of the cultural things. And yeah. And then... I don't know, just like really learn traveling alone just allows you to tap into your intuition. So just really, it, it provides a very clear channel between your inner monologue and yourself and really learn how to listen to that because my intuition is so strong now because, because I gave myself a lot of alone time. It's yeah. so apropos that we're working on this right now, uh, that we're talking about this right now because I just produce an entire podcast episode on being alone so i'm like so primed for this okay well i'll, I'll link it below everyone should check it out after yeah but yeah, I, I'll you like yeah I, th I think it's it's very interesting what you said um about like traveling to kind of solidify who you are as a person like on your own um that's that's definitely something i, I like recognizing myself not only like with traveling but like with a bunch of stuff i feel like my early 20s are just about like figuring i mean like oh, everyone God. it's so cliche like figuring out who you are yeah. Uh, but I would uh, never want to live my early twenties again. She was a mess. I know it's been she it's, was so scared. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a wild ride so far. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that's like very prevalent in everything that I've seen you do and, and, uh, just by speaking to you now is kind of your, um, 
this this idea that everyone has their own story and that people are more complex than than you think and I, I that's definitely something i realized um throughout just making this podcast for like six months like you you know before you start a podcast or or uh, whatever like you, you have this idea that all right i need to get these big a-name celebrities on but then yeah. you, you sit down and, and you talk to your friends and you're like holy shit i know i, I had no idea yeah. um and uh yeah uh, and that, i mean that's kind of your whole theme for strangers abroad i think yeah. uh do you want to talk a bit more about that yeah well i definitely had my own little quarter life crisis but the one way ticket to mexico city was going to backpack from Mexico to Peru, and I really wanted to make something out of it. And I wasn't a blogger. I never connected with the idea of having a blog, and I have an acting background. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I could, and I was obsessed with podcasts at the time, so I was like, well, maybe I could just make a podcast, which makes any NPR producer cringe, but whatever. I am very grateful that Apple made a low barrier to entry for, to, you know, like, make your own podcast. So I... Which is kind of, so I started interviewing all of the wonderful and weird strangers that you meet when you start traveling. And I just found that each individual is this untapped well of stories. And I think a lot of people don't think that they're storytellers or that their story is very interesting, but that's only because we're so numb to them. And... You know, like I could tell, I, I've got stories now where it's like, oh, there's this one time I like hitchhiked in Oaxaca with my ex-boyfriend and we got in the back of this pickup truck with like a bunch of other cats, you know, and like to me that sounds so boring because I've remembered it and replayed it a million times, but like to someone else, they're like, please keep going, you know? Yeah. So I think that it's what I found very important of what you were saying is that each individual has so many beautiful stories in them. And storytelling is a form of immortality. We still talk about Shakespeare. When did he die? You that know? A very long time ago. <laughs> Super yeah. long time ago. But because he told stories, he is immortal and he lives on. And I think that everybody gets this little, when we tell our own stories, we get this chance to live a little bit longer than our bodies do. Mm. So... That was something that I just found. And I think that in order to be a good podcaster, you have to be unbelievably curious and you have to understand that it's not about you. Like you're really trying to create a platform for other people to share their stories. And that just became the most important thing to me. And then I started sandwiching each episode with my own story because I realized that this whole, each episode is in chronological order of when I met people. So we go from Mexico to Peru and we hit every country in between. And the story, that larger story still needed a protagonist and it made me much more comfortable telling my own stories. So yeah, that's kind of, and then the second season, because I was location dependent, I I realized that there is this emotional journey that you go through when you travel. So each episode is a stage you experience when you go abroad. So the first one is identity. Like you get off the plane and how do people perceive you? How do you start, how do they treat you differently than they do at home? 
And how do you start to talk about yourself differently? When I go to the Czech Republic, they think that I'm one of them. Mm. And then they get really frustrated when they're like, this bitch doesn't speak Czech. <laughs> and then when I'm in Mexico, they, you know, give me a menu in English. And I'm like, no, I can speak Spanish. So it's like all about how does your identity, how do you start to see yourself differently and then write your own story because you left home. So identity's first one, the next episode is lost. Stories about being lost in every way, shape or form, losing an object, being lost in a city, getting lost in translation or being lost in a dream. The one I produced today is alone. Stories unpacking what it's like to travel alone and then next week we'll be together stories about traveling with other people and how how that affects the dynamics of relationships and really makes or breaks them and um so every episode is a stage you experience so there will be a wander episode there's a love episode there's a food episode there's a worried episode and we eventually it kind of has its own climax the the series has its own climax and then the last few episodes are about being inspired to make the world better being humbled by what you experienced growing from that experience and then finally coming home yeah i uh i think you're doing the world a favor with your podcast like it's it's so <laughs> refre refreshing to to hear these very like authentic stories and i think especially like Um, I haven't checked out any of your new episodes. I'm, I'm sure they're great, super well produced. Uh, but I've uh, I've checked out a couple of different ones, and I think now, like in a world when we compare ourselves to you know billionaires and millionaires across the world, it's so like refreshing to kind of listen into your podcast and hear these like uh, real life stories of people from all over the world uh, who have these amazing stories to share. Because I think sometimes. I, I know at, at least like I've been guilty of having this thought before that, you know, in order to have this amazing life, you need either a lot of money, you need to be famous or you need to right. succeed in some way. Uh, but you can live an absolutely amazing life uh, just by being yourself, yeah. doing, li living, living your life. Yeah. And uh, it's it's so cool to, to see and uh, also very well produced. So I def definitely you. recommend everyone to check it out. And um, yeah, I mean, we already mentioned like some places where you can find it uh, and I'll leave all all that your stuff in the description so uh, i just want to thank you so much for coming on it was a Adam, real pleasure thank you. thank you so so much it's been such a great you asked so many good different questions that i never get faced with so thank you so much for expanding my mind please don't be a stranger in my place please don't be a stranger in my place